0: hello everybody it is michael back with another episode of the Under pressure podcast Uh, if you enjoy the show make sure to download it on any audio platform make sure to leave it a like on youtube if you're watching on youtube you can check out my clips channel linked in the description and yeah let's get right into it first talking about nuggets versus lakers now this was a very very fun series Uh, we saw a lot of interesting stuff but the Lakers did end up wrapping it up in uh, five games. But it was a tight five games. Uh, not really many blowouts in this one, except for the first game. And then this one, uh, the Lakers kind of had control uh, throughout. But we saw a lot of players ascend. We saw Jeremy Grant uh, have a, a huge series for the Nuggets, play great defense on LeBron, even when LeBron was scoring. Uh, it wasn't like he really could have done anything more and uh, his offense looked a lot better. His value as a free agent is definitely boosted up, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Nuggets. Uh, We didn't see Michael Porter Jr. be incredibly consistent, but we saw uh, a lot of potential, a lot of flashes, with his ability to make tough shots uh, and just his natural scoring ability. We saw Jamal Murray continue to be good. Uh, He was fighting through an injury Uh, this game, didn't look great in this one, Uh, But you can tell he was really uh, hurt. And it was cool to just see his fight. We definitely saw his playmaking take a huge leap. Uh, And then the scoring has just been so much better this playoffs. And it's all about the consistency, which he's been pretty consistent so far. So just a great uh, run from Jamal Murray. Uh, Definitely uh, ris up way on my rankings with point guards and the players overall. Uh, He's uh, taken his game to a whole nother level with his ability to uh, hit threes off the pick and roll, uh, with his abilities to hit threes just off the dribble, uh, his playmaking, everything is just taken a huge leap forward, and he uh, proved so many people wrong during this playoff run and uh, just really rose up his stock, showed that he's that max contract player that the Nuggets thought he was. And yeah, a really nice run from Jamal Murray, an incredible, incredible season for him. And Nicole Jokic. Uh, had a bit of a disappointing series against the Lakers for sure. Uh, it wasn't re- it wasn't that he was bad when he was on the floor. Uh, just he couldn't stay on the floor too often. Was in foul trouble a lot of these games. Uh, was really struggling whenever he'd uh, be forced to guard AD. And was just fouling a lot. So that kind of sucks because you want to see the best player uh, on their team be out there way more uh but still another really really impressive playoff run from Jokic he's proven that he's one of the best uh playoff performers in the entire league and is just one of the best players in the entire league uh in my opinion he's for me at least risen into that superstar uh status which is something that I'll uh, definitely talk about Just like who I believe is a superstar in the NBA. Because I think it's pretty interesting to hear everybody's different definitions on what a superstar is in the NBA. But in my opinion, it's a player who I'm confident uh, that could be the best player on a championship team. And I think he's up there. I think him, uh, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Giannis, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, uh, and Luka Doncic... Uh, I don't think I'm forgetting anyone Uh, and those guys I all believe they can be the best player on a championship team and then you got fringe guys like Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Uh, you got guys like Joel Embiid, Damian Lillard but I think Nikola Jokic is a superstar in this NBA the way he can pass uh, just so much he can do out there on the floor and then his scoring is super, super underrated because we all see the highlight passes that are just so incredible to watch at someone his size, uh, but I don't think people realize like how incredible he is as a post player. Uh, his three-point shot is pretty inconsistent, but when it's on, it's basically just impossible to stop him, and it was impossible for a lot of teams to stop that two-man game between him and Jamal Murray because they're just two uh, massive offensive threats and give teams so many problems. So a really impressive run from those two. Uh, Nice signs for Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Very, very uh, nice playoffs for Jeremy Grant. Monte Morris looked good. Like, this Nuggets team looked so good, outperformed everyone's expectations. I just want to show a ton of love to them, even though, I mean, they lost in five in the conference finals. It was still uh, a much better season than anyone expected. Uh, I really didn't see anyone predict that they were gonna beat the Clippers and it was just an incredible run. Cause it wasn't like the Jazz series where after the 3-1 I was like, yeah, I think the Jazz are gonna win, but the Nuggets could still win because uh, the Jazz were just playing insane and the Nuggets weren't playing very well and I just thought the Nuggets were the better basketball team. Last series versus the Clippers, they were not the better basketball team, but we saw the coaching and then just the two man game and the chemistry just destroy that uh, Clippers team, and it was so, so impressive. And it was nice to see them stay in it with the Lakers. This easily could have been a six- or seven-game series. It obviously wasn't, uh, but that's just how close a lot of these games were. We obviously saw the AD buzzer beater, and then we saw a couple other very, very close games during the series. Uh, It was just kind of the veteran presence that the Lakers had that edged them out for me. And then, obviously, you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, that's a ridiculous duo that is so incredible that that can even happen with two top seven players in the whole league. Anthony Davis has probably gone up in my player rankings. He's had an incredible playoff run. And we saw LeBron James really just close it out this game, which is something I wanted to see from him the whole series. Because we saw a lot of games where he looked uh, pretty good. But we hadn't seen that signature playoff LeBron moment. And we completely saw that full-fledged here. 38 points, 60% from the field. Got to the line eight times, 16 rebounds, 10 assists. I mean, it was just an absolutely incredible performance from LeBron. And nothing else but that. Uh, The shots he was hitting were incredible. Those um, difficult mid-ranges. It was impossible to guard uh, him out there. And he seemed like he was just toying with people at that point. He was hitting crazy shots. It kind of felt like uh, the Toronto series a couple years ago where he was hitting the fadeaways. And then with how good of a passer he is, if he's hitting the shots like that from the mid-range area, and he's obviously uh, one of the best at attacking the basket in the whole league, it's literally just impossible to guard him. It's even more impossible than it already is. Like, What are you supposed to do when LeBron is playing like that? I have zero clue. And the Nuggets just had no answer, even when they were playing good defense. There was plenty of possessions where Jeremy Grant was playing some damn good defense on LeBron, and it did not matter at all. And then Anthony Davis, uh, nothing out of the ordinary for him, just a solid performance, 27 points. uh, Only five rebounds. He really just hasn't been too aggressive on the glass this series. Uh, But overall, still had a really, really nice series. And uh, I think he put an end to the Jokic vs. AD debate. Uh, I think they're still pretty close, but Anthony Davis is just a step above with how versatile he is on defense and just how incredible he is on defense with also being an insane offensive player. Uh, That duo, man, is so incredible to watch. It's kind of like the Kevin Durant and Steph Curry duo where you may not like that two players that are that good are on the same team, But at the end of the day, it's just a spectacle. And it's so fantastic to watch such talented players be on the same team and be dominating like the way they are. The Lakers have uh, not had their foot off the brakes at all this whole playoffs. Uh, Basically, other than the first game for the Rockets versus Trailblazers, they've looked absolutely incredible this whole playoffs. Uh, They looked better than I expected. I mean, I expected them to be very... Very heavily in title contention. I thought they were going to lose in seven games to the Clippers. We obviously didn't see that happen. Uh, but they've just impressed me a ton. I've been so impressed by LeBron James. In my opinion, he's retaking the throne as the best player in the world. Uh, I may have been a little premature on the whole Kawhi Leonard thing. But after I just saw what I saw last uh, in last year's playoffs, I thought uh, it was time that we give uh, Kawhi the title as the best player in the world. But no, that's LeBron James, and he's proven it right here with uh, games like this and a game to close it out. And I'm sure in the NBA Finals, we'll see plenty more of incredible shots and big games by LeBron because this is when he steps it up the most. So shout out to LeBron, shout out to the Lakers, uh, the role players, even if they don't play good, I mean... Uh, the Lakers are still going to be in every game because that duo is again just so insane I mean they combined for 65 points 21 rebounds 13 assists like come on so even if you have a game where Caruso has a good game where he has 11 points and four assists and so is bringing some good energy out there and then you had a solid Danny Green game where he shot 204 and he scored 11 points you have Dwight Uh, bringing in some good energy and playing good defense on Jokic. Like, that's enough for this Lakers team to win just because they're so fantastic at at the top. And next, I want to talk about the Nuggets' future and where they go from here. Now, it's pretty interesting because they do have some key pieces who will be uh, free agent this year. You have Paul Millsap, who I 100% expect them uh, to let him go because he just... uh, seems like his time has passed with this team uh he had a very very disappointing playoffs he was just not good really uh really in anything i mean he still brings a nice veteran presence a nice veteran leadership but i think it's time to move on from him i think it's time to believe in your guys like michael porter jr and jeremy grant uh it'll be huge that they resign jeremy grant because he will get some money from some teams in the open market Uh, I'm sure we'll see teams like the Hawks try and get him. Uh, So many teams would uh, try and get him if they have any money, because everyone, uh, like I said last episode, everyone would want a Jeremy Grant type player on their team. So I think it's just huge that they re-sign him to a a good long-term contract, because he can uh, play the three, he can play the four, just super versatile player, and is such a nice role player. So if you can get him on a solid contract. And get him secured long term onto your team. I think that'd be massive for them. And I think it's time to unleash Michael Porter Jr. fully. I think he's in for a massive season next year where he really proves that he can be the Nuggets' third guy. Uh, And I just think his offensive ceiling is limitless. I think his defense is going to get much better. I mean, he may never be a great defender, but with all the length he has and he's still pretty athletic, he's not the quickest on his feet, but it's not like he's slow. Uh, I just expect him to be much better on defense. I think the defensive issues uh, this year were more just thing about reps and him uh, not being experienced and not really knowing what to do out there necessarily. So I think he's going to take a step on the defensive end. And his offense is already there, but I just expect it to get even better. He is one of those players who uh, can hit those tough, tough shots in big games. And I just believe in him a ton. I believe that he'll be a 20-point scorer next year. Like, I love Michael Porter Jr. I love his potential. And he's going to be a great player in this league. He'll be that third guy for the for the Nuggets. And that big three, even though the defense of Jamal Murray, Nicole Jokic, and Michael Porter Jr. may sound a little scary, the offensive upside of that is just absolutely incredible, especially if we see the Jamal Murray we saw this playoffs, which I hope – it doesn't even have to be to that level because that level was insane. That was, like, top three point guard in the whole league level. If we can just see Jamal Murray be, like, a 23-5-5 five and five guy and, and just be more consistent and then see Michael Porter Jr. step up to maybe be an 18-20 to 20 point scorer and we obviously know what Jokic brings, that's terrifying, especially because they're still going to have nice role players like Monte Morris uh, and like Jeremy Grant, hopefully who will be under contract for a long time after they give uh, Jeremy Grant his extension. I know uh, Monte Morris is on one of the better contracts in the whole league with him uh, basically be pay- being paid like a little over a million dollars to be one of the best backup point guards in the league, a super steady player who's a very smart playmaker, uh, good mid-range shooter, good three-point shooter, can kind of just do everything out there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Mason Flumley. He was kind of bad this whole playoffs, to be totally honest. Uh, but he is a pretty solid backup center, so I'll be interested to see if they do re sign him. And just the exciting thing about this team is that you still have guys like Michael Porter Jr., who hasn't been fully unleashed, and like Bobo, who was just th- the smartest pick they could have possibly made. Because even though uh, he may never pan out, it may be injuries, it may be. Uh, His body just never develops into being an NBA body, Uh, but the sky is the limit with Bobo. He's such a talented player, uh, as a scorer, and can do so many things out there. So maybe we see Bobo get stronger and be able to actually play in NBA games, because I think the talent is there for sure, and as long as the physical develops and as long as he can stay healthy, he can be a really, really good piece for them. And they drafted him in the second round when no one else wanted him. So you just got a hidden gem just sitting there. Uh, you got guys like Torrey Craig who they're going to need to re-sign, And he's not going to be uh, demanding much money at all because he is not a great player, but he's a good defender. His three-point shot is a bit streaky, but I think he's just a nice player to have on their team, even if he's only playing like 10 minutes a game or something. So I just love the direction that the Nuggets are going in. I think Mike Malone is a really, really good coach. Uh, I think he proved it this year with all the different things that he did, all the adjustments that he made uh, whenever the Nuggets would go down. And we just saw a fight that was really impressive from this team because uh, I've never seen a team be so just mentally strong when they were down they were n- never out of their game in their opinion uh, even if they were down 20 and it was three it was a 3-1 lead for the Clippers they were down by almost 20 that game was never over to them and we saw a mental resilience and we just saw a talent from this team that I didn't really know was there and just a great season for the Nuggets uh, future so bright there I expect them to continue to make the right moves as their front office has been incredible these past couple of years. The only mistake was the Donovan Mitchell and Trey Lyles thing. Uh, Other than that, man, they've done an incredible job of developing talent and then finding talent late in the draft, making very low risk but incredibly high reward picks with guys like Michael Ford Jr. and Bobo, making the right signings, trading for guys like Jeremy Grant for a late first round pick. Uh, and then they'll have the big expiring contract of Paul Millsap going off. Uh, they have their two main guys under contract for a long time. Jamal Murray just got the max extension, and Jokic will be under contract for like three more years. And then they got players who should be key players for them, like Monte Morris and Michael Porter Jr., and potentially Boble on rookie contracts. So, yeah, I expect the Nuggets to continue to be uh, firmly in contention Uh, for many years to come and yeah a great season from the Nuggets overperformed my expectations for sure and they should be so happy every one of their fans and I think they'll definitely be a championship level team next year and many many years to come with all the young talent they got on that team and the great infrastructure they have built in that organization moving on to Heat versus Celtics an absolute heartbreaker for me man it really looked like the Celtics were going to win the game when they were up by like six going in uh when well when it was in the fourth quarter and a complete collapse from them every shot was missing they basically looked like they only were looking to go for the three and the three just wasn't there Jason Tatum started off super slow again and overall his stats looked pretty pretty bad I mean, the playmaking is definitely something that's super unexpected. I've uh, praised him a ton for that, and I will continue to because I've been just so proud uh, to see the step in playmaking that he's taken. It's been really, really impressive. And, man, uh, 11 assists, just a great, great performance from him uh, as a playmaker, even though, again, disappointed by what he did in other areas of the game, because his shot was just really struggling, especially at the beginning, man. The beginning was really, really bad. Uh, he started off like 0-7 of or something. It was terrible. Uh, but uh, he looked better to uh, later in game, especially in the second quarter. He had a really good second quarter. But Jalen Brown continued to be the best player on the floor for the Celtics. He was basically uh, the best or the second best player the entire playoffs. He had a great run. Uh, I actually want to talk about Game 5 because I realized that I recorded the episode on Friday morning. So uh, moving off of Game 6, I'll I'll go back to Game uh, 6 after I'm finished talking about Game 5. But Jalen Brown, great game from him. 28 points, 4 of 10, uh, 8 rebounds. I mean, he is just such, such a nice player. I love having Jalen Brown on my team so much. He's a treat to watch because he doesn't really get in the way of anything And he just basically only adds to your team, even though he'll have some blunders uh, where he plays some really bad off-ball defense. And his playmaking still isn't great, but he is still just such a nice player to have on your team. And then Tatum had a huge third quarter that was pivotal in the Celtics winning this game, with him scoring 17 points in the third quarter uh 31 overall efficiency again didn't look very good this game but playmaking six assists 10 rebounds he had some really big defensive plays he's uh great on that end and then daniel tice had a huge game this one 15 points 13 rebounds uh he was really pivotal in breaking that zone and making it difficult for the heat to go in the zone when he was just hitting those mid-range shots and he was just really getting into the teeth of the zone and making it really difficult so a nice performance by him he looked great out there he outperformed Bam in this game which was the only time the entire series so yeah a really impressive performance from Tice he looked so great this game and he was huge in the Celtics winning this game and then basically everyone else I mean we saw Enes Kanter put up eight points in ten minutes but uh, his defense is just too much of a liability to have out there they're gonna try and attack him whenever he's on the floor and Kem- kemba or smart didn't have good games both of them shot about 30 uh, 33 to 36 percent I mean both of them shot the three ball well which was nice we didn't it was the weirdest thing ever we didn't get a crazy Marcus Smart shooting night or we didn't get a bad one he just shot two of five and then kemba three of six. Uh, They each got eight and seven assists, respectively, so, I mean, that was nice. And then Marcus Smart did get four steals. He was kind of everywhere, even though his shot definitely wasn't falling very well, but was getting rebounds, uh, making very, very good passes, and then was everywhere on the defensive end. And then Kemba, just not a great game from him. I mean, it wasn't the worst game ever. It wasn't like he was a huge hindrance, but he was in foul trouble. And, again, just not a great performance. And Gordon Hayward was cool off the bench i mean 10 points he's uh definitely just was still not really ready to be the gordon hayward we saw like mid-season where he was going crazy before that hand injury you could definitely see he was still pretty rusty uh the three ball just wasn't hidden for him at all this series but he was uh for the most part a positive impact on the floor and then on the miami side they played a pretty poor game uh i heard a lot of blaming the refs but At a certain point, you got to just expect your team to play better. I mean, 7 of 36 from 3, like, come on. They shot the ball absolutely horrifically. Uh, Jimmy Butler was cool this game, but he didn't really step up, uh, which is something that's so interesting about Jimmy Butler is he's a very hard player for me to rank in the league. I just think as far as impact and as far as just, like, team, uh, who I'd want on my team to lead me, uh, Jimmy Butler is up there just because he's a really nice playmaker, uh, good defender, Pretty uh, when he wants to be a great defender, uh, is great at getting steals, is a solid rebounder, and he's someone who even though some people can't work with, I would absolutely love to have Jimmy Butler on my uh, team as a teammate just because he holds everybody accountable. He doesn't let anything slide. And I just think his style of leadership, while it's hard on some people, uh, I think it makes the people who are uh, really tough and will fight, uh, I think it makes those type of people much better. Uh, but sometimes he just seems super passive, and like he isn't really just willing to try and take over a game uh, when the Heat need it. But, I mean, still a great series from him. And then Jay Crowder, of 6 we saw him cool down a lot after him being incredibly hot versus the bucks and then the start of the series we definitely saw him cool down from three him shooting uh, 0 of 6 uh duncan robinson scored 20 points but shot three of 11 from three it was so frustrating in the first half the first half the celtics looked horrendous we were letting duncan robinson beat us back door so many times i wanted to punch my monitor i was like how are we letting duncan robinson beat us back door if we're gonna let duncan robinson beat us Please let him beat us off him uh, running off screens and hitting these super deep threes. If we're letting him beat us back door, then that's a big issue. And then Duncan Ro- I meant uh, Goran Dragic, one of seven from three. Uh, it was just a really poor three-pointing, three-point shooting night. Literally the only guy who shot it good was Tyler Hero shooting two of five, and I guess Kelly Olynyk shooting one of two. But a uh, pretty poor performance by the Heat. Uh, just not a good game from them uh, especially because they're such a good three-point shooting team you expect them to be one of the best in the league uh, with having guys like oren drogic tyler hero duncan robinson uh, jay crowder with the streak he was on kelly Olynyk. they have so many three-point shooters but it just wasn't hitting for them tonight and they definitely struggled uh that game but uh an impressive performance from the celtics in that one it was good to see the fight in that third quarter with the season on the line but back to game six Uh, Like I said, Jason Tatum, pretty poor game. Uh, Playmaking really nice. Defense very solid, but overall the shooting just struggled. Needs to get better with his consistency as as a shooter and just needs to be uh, the best player on the floor because he has that talent, but sometimes it's whatever it is, the consistency, maybe he's getting in his head, but he uh, starts off slow a lot of times and we saw it multiple times this series where he started off very very slow and even if he had a huge second half he was uh just not as good of a player as he could have been because he started off so slow and was a hindrance at the beginning of the game so definitely need to see him just be consistent throughout the game but the playmaking step he's taken so impressive he's already a great defender and all defense level type of guy and his offense is uh the sky's the limit really now that we've seen the playmaking his ball handling has got better he uh can go anywhere as an offensive player he can be one of the deadliest offensive players in the entire league i think he he could be like paul george who shows up in the playoffs first of all and is an even better playmaker which is just an insane insane basketball player but he just needs to be more consistent uh but he showed me a ton in this playoffs and a ton in this season overall a great season from uh, Jason Tatum no doubt and then Jalen Brown a great season from him too 26 points 10 of 17 3 of 7 from 3 8 rebounds Uh, was just doing everything out there getting steals like he was so so good this playoffs Uh, even though Jason Tatum's highs were probably much higher than Jalen Brown's highs uh, Jalen Brown was consistent All the way throughout, I could always rely on him. He did have that one game uh, against the Raptors where he shot terrible from three and was the big reason why they lost. But basically, other than that, he played great this whole playoffs. And then, I mean, Kemba had a cool game, 20 points, uh, was in foul trouble again, though, uh, which is a little weird to see, uh, see him be in foul trouble two games in a row, but five fouls yet again, and he didn't shoot the three ball that well. It was a bit of a weird uh, playoff run from Kemba for sure. He had some really nice moments. He was hitting a lot of big shots. But overall, he just didn't shoot the three ball very well and just wasn't great uh, in in uh, as a whole. I mean, he was decent. He uh, was the third option, though, to be totally honest. And he was easily the third or maybe even fourth best player sometimes when Marcus Smart was playing well. So I gotta see uh, Kemp play better next playoffs. Just gotta see him be more consistent. It's uh, definitely a thing with the Celtics team is that they can just have a lot, lot of uh, inconsistencies where the shots just randomly just stop hitting for them. And then uh, Marcus Smart, again, one of those players so inconsistent. He did score twenty points, but it was on twenty two shots, uh, 13 threes, and he only made four of them. Uh, again he'll do everything else out there but sometimes I just want to rip my hair out watching Marcus Smart continuously take threes that he's just not great at and continuously miss them but still have the confidence to keep and keep taking them when you got guys like Jalen Brown who were doing so well when he had Jason Tatum had a huge second quarter and he was running our offense a lot I just wanted to see the ball in the two best players hands way more I wanted to uh Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown really take over but we saw a lot too much Marcus Smart in my opinion and I think that was definitely a big downside out there and then I mean Gordon Hayward it was a fine game but he had some really bad moments like that wide open just point Blake layup that he simply just missed uh he missed some easy mid-ranges he did hit two of his five threes and again I think he's impactful out there I think he is a really nice piece for them uh but again uh, It was just one of those things where he didn't look great out there. He didn't look terrible either. But when you have him being paid this much, you just expect a little more out of him, even though he's come off of a lot of injuries. And I expected him to be rusty. You just can't, you simply can't do things in such a big game, like miss that point blank layup. He had a really bad turnover uh, that led to an easy fast break for the Heat. Uh, Just a lot of bad stuff uh overall from the celtics and it was a disappointing game it was really that fourth quarter they were hanging in the game the entire time they had uh, like a six point lead in the fourth quarter and then it was just a complete uh fall apart from them they completely just choked away the game uh looked really really bad at certain moments uh went on a streak where they just couldn't hit any shots and then the heat were shooting insane in that fourth quarter uh, it was really rough to watch. Uh, super disappointing to the uh, to the Celtics season. Uh, just so so disappointing to see it end that way. Got outscored by ten in the fourth quarter, uh, and again just looked so bad. And the Heat were hitting shots like crazy. They shot fifty six point two percent, forty eight percent from three. Uh, shot great from the line. Was uh, just the better basketball team this night. Simply enough. Uh, there's no blaming anyone but the Celtics players. they got to be accountable about this. Uh, there's no one to blame but the Celtics but Brad Stevens. And, uh, yeah, it was a very, very disappointing way to go out. I mean, I'm still happy overall with how the season went. I think the season went very well. Uh, the Celtics were given incredibly low expectations, but they outperformed a lot of people's expectations. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum really took the next step to be those franchise cornerstones, we all knew they had the potential to be, but just didn't know if they were there yet. Uh, but still, a good season by the Celtics. And then on the Heat side, I mean, Jimmy Butler had a good game. Uh, definitely had some nice moments in the fourth quarter. Uh, he had eight assists, 22 points. He just played pretty solid. Uh, again, nothing crazy, but a solid game from him. But the real thing was Bam Adebayo, uh, another player who's I knew was good. I loved Bam. Uh, and I just thought he was such a good player but in the playoffs he's risen to a whole nother level and it's really been something that's gone super under the radar if you just look at the stats I mean his stats are obviously way better but the thing is a lot of people aren't talking about the reason those stats are better and that's because his jump shot has came a huge way his jump shot has gone so much better the way he was hitting mid-ranges on the Celtics was insane and he was a matchup nightmare for, for them. He was already a matchup nightmare when he wasn't really shooting. But the way he was shooting the mid range was so incredible. Uh, the pick and roll where he would just stop at the mid range area was something that the Celtics really couldn't guard. And then there's just the normal pick and roll where he was getting thrown lobbed and stuff, they couldn't guard that either. He was getting to the free throw line at a crazy rate. And then the way he can handle the ball at the size he is is so insane. That play where he got the and one on Daniel Tice where he was isoing and then shot a mid-range like fading away and got fouled that's a superstar type shot from a center it's just crazy to watch the leap he's taken is so incredible I had him as my most improved player I thought he definitely deserved the award even though Brandon Ingram was definitely deserving as well but Bam Adebayo is just such an incredible player man uh, it was just such a problem for the Celtics. The way he can handle the ball, uh, all the stuff he did with the handoffs, he sets great screens. Uh, and then the pick and roll with him and Goran Dragic. with the way he played for some of the series when they would run it with Jimmy Butler, the handoffs they'd run with uh, Duncan Robinson, this heat offense was just so dynamic. And the biggest reason uh, for that was Bam Adebayo. He was the best player in this entire series. And in my opinion, it's really not close uh, Jimmy Butler had a good series Jason Tatum had a pretty good series Jalen Brown had a really good series uh, Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero had good series but I mean Bam Adebayo was absolutely incredible it's crazy to see he went from being a backup center who was drafted uh, at the 14th pick who just looked like he'd be uh, a cool player a lot of people saw potential in him but I don't think anyone saw this we've just seen him uh, rise to a whole nother level I'm so, so exciting to do my uh, rankings when the season is over because so many people have shot up, so many people have dropped down, and it's going to be so interesting. But Bam Adebayo, just an incredible performance tonight and an incredible series overall, a matchup nightmare for the Celtics, and I think he proved why the Celtics need to trade for a center. I was even one of the components who was like, hey, I think we can make it work with Daniel Dice. I think he's a good enough player, but no. Uh, We saw it with an athletic center like Bam Adebayo, who's so versatile that Daniel Tice can't be our starting center. We saw he was in foul trouble or fouled out literally every game, uh, basically, except for one game. And... We just saw all the issues with the Celtics uh, put on display. We saw Eric Spolstra basically uh, coach circles around Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens is a great coach. I think he's one of the best coaches in the whole league. But I think Eric Spolstra is the best coach, and we saw that on full display this series. He just did all the things to go at the Celtics' weaknesses. Uh, He proved that Daniel Tice, even though it is a nice player, he's a backup center in this league. And we saw... Bam bio truly be a star. To be honest, in this modern NBA, this may sound crazy, but I'd rather have Bam bio on my team than Joel Embiid. And uh, don't get me wrong, Joel Embiid is the better basketball player, and he's way more talented than Bam. But as far as who fits into the modern NBA and who, uh, whose play style, just looking uh, forward into the future. Uh, Who do I want on my team? I'm having Bam Adebayo because he's so versatile, can do so many things. Uh, like I said, the ball handling, he's a great passer. Uh, the rebounding, his versatility on defense is insane. He's one of the rare guys. A lot of people uh, say guys can guard one through five, but I think there's only a couple players in the in the league, and I think Bam Adebayo is one of those players. Maybe him, uh, Ben Simmons for sure. Jonathan Isaac, Giannis, those guys would probably be, just off the top of my head, the only guys who I truly believe can guard one through five. Uh, And, man, what what a performance by Bam Adebayo. Just so many big shots, so many big plays. He obviously had the huge block on Jason Tatum uh, earlier in the series. And his jump shot has taken such a big leap. We've heard a lot from guys like Jimmy Butler, uh, saying that bam can shoot threes we saw that i know it's just all-star weekend but we saw that in the skills challenge too where you're shooting threes pretty well so if he can expand his game to the three-point line which seems very very possible with the way he's shooting the mid-range shot right now and everything we've heard from jimmy butler and other guys from the heat oh my god that's gonna be a sight to see bam at a bio shooting threes Still having the playmaking, the dribbling. He's going to get a max contract, and he's well, well well-deserving of it because he is having a great season and has shot up from a player who I just thought was going to be an average starting center probably to one of the best centers in the whole league. I have him ranked at four right now. And, again, uh, just an incredible performance from him, an incredible performance from this Heat team. They were a true Cinderella story. Uh, surprised everyone. I was a guy who even believed that they would be really good. I thought they would beat the Bucs. Uh, but I had the Celtics beating them. I think the Celtics are still the more talented team. But we saw the coaching and just how well the Heat fit together. Uh, they're just so versatile on both ends of the floor. They managed to hide bad defenders at such, uh, just so well and then have so many uh, guys who can do so many different things on offense. Guys like Tyler Hero, who had another really good game, he had 19, 5, and 7. Uh, just a really impressive performance from him. He hit some huge shots. Like, he hit, hit that mid-range shot. He hit one of his uh, he hit his only three pretty late, and that was a big shot. He was uh, a big momentum uh, swift uh, switch for them as they took the lead in that game. And then, man, Andre Iguodala. Of course, this had to be the one game Andre Iguodala shot good. He shot Terrible the rest of the series. He barely made anything. And then he shoots 5 of 5 overall. Shoots 4 4 from 3. And scores 15 points. Uh, when Andre Iguodala is hitting 3s, it's impossible to guard this Heat team. Because you still have to chase Duncan Robinson around like crazy. Even when Goran Dragic isn't uh, playing well, he's still... Uh, A very versatile offensive player who have to worry about you obviously got jimmy butler you got bam who is giving the celtics a world of problems you got tyler hero who's been giving the celtics a bunch of problems this series and then andre godal hitting threes it's impossible to guard this team they're just so versatile on offense and then so versatile with everything they can do on defense too uh just a great season by the heat no matter what happens in the finals win or lose uh, even if they get swept which i don't think will happen but if they do, this is still such a good season for them because uh, this was a team that I thought was very good and was going to make the Eastern Conference Finals, but I had the Celtics beating them. And then I honestly was just thinking like, oh, they're probably going to wait till the 2021 offseason because they have a bunch of cap room in there, and then they'll get their second star. But honestly, even though I think they still might get a second, uh, like true bona fide uh, top 10 to 15 player their team right now is good enough to be a team that's in contention every single year because i think tyler hero is going to take another step next season i think duncan robinson is going to continue to be a top three shooter in the league i think bam is going to expand his game maybe to the three-point line but we'll definitely see that mid-range shot way more and then jimmy Butler will continue to be good so they uh, are great right now have a ton of young talent and have cap flexibility with one of the best infrastructures in the entire league and one of the best coaches in the entire league. They've just set themselves up beautifully to be so good right now and then so good for a long time. So shout out to the Heat. A great performance by them. Uh, Congratulations to all the Heat fans. Uh, You guys outperformed my favorite team. And even though I was disappointed uh, in them, I definitely got to show you guys a ton of love. Because I didn't expect this. I expected it to be a close series, which it was. Uh, the series could have easily gone seven. But, yeah, shout-out to the Heat. Shout-out to Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra. Uh, just all the stuff they do around there is something that I admire so much. And I'm sure any team, uh, well, any fan would want to be a, a Miami Heat fan just because of the way they built their teams. And I think we've seen something that's very interesting And it's something that I want to talk about uh, just shortly is the value of just having a good infrastructure, having a good culture, and not trying to tank. Because even though we've seen tanking work somewhat with getting high draft picks, getting guys like uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid for the 76ers, uh, I think the culture that is built around tanking is really, really bad and can put you in a bad situation for a long time. And I just don't think people value enough being a good team who makes correct moves. Like, uh, the Heat's main players, Jimmy Butler, got in free agency. Jay Crowder got in a trade where they traded a player they drafted at, like, 8. Bam Adebayo got drafted at 14. Duncan Robinson, undrafted player. Uh, Goran Drogda got him in a trade. Tyler Hero, 13th pick. Andre Iguodala in the same Jay Crowder trade. Solomon Hill in the same Jay Crowder trade. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., undrafted. Uh, Myers Leonard, traded in the Hassan Whiteside trade. Kendrick Nunn, who was terrible this uh, playoffs, but was really good in the regular season, undrafted. Kelly Olynyk signed in free agency. Like, they didn't tank to get any of these guys. They uh, all were on this team, and they all got better because they have a great culture, and they have a great infrastructure, and they know how to develop talent without tanking they don't need to get a number one pick to be a good team all they need to do is make the right moves and then get guys who buy into the culture and work really really hard which you can clearly see with the improvement in Tyler Hero over the quarantine he got way better Uh, they just all they need is guys who work hard and come in there every day and believe in that Heat culture and they can be successful They never have to be one of the worst teams in the league to uh, be good. And we see with all the top teams, basically, mostly none of them tanked, really. I mean, the Lakers is a super unique situation because they didn't even really tank. Their team just kind of sucked. They were in a really bad position, but they got LeBron. And then they did use the young talent they got uh, to get Anthony Davis, but they weren't even trying to be bad those years. They just weren't that good of a basketball team. And then we saw the youth and uh, those players develop and get them Anthony Davis. So that's a bit of a unique situation. But we see the exact same thing with Denver. Super similar situation to the Heat where they never tanked. Uh, Only like one of their main players is a top 10 pick, who is Jamal Murray. Jokic, second round. Michael Porter Jr., 14. Uh, A lot of those other players got in free agency. Paul Millsap in free agency. Jeremy Grant with a trade. Uh, and I just think the value of having a good culture, having uh, just a good organization, because the he the Celtics, uh, even though they were bad for a lot of years, that was another thing that really wasn't in their control that much. Uh, but they got young assets, and then they were uh, pretty aggressive in making moves to try and be good when they saw the talent on their roster. So we're just seeing... Uh, the value of just having a good basketball team and having a good basketball organization because the Lakers, uh, they, again, are in a unique situation where they're one of the biggest markets. Uh, They're a team that will always be in it with free agents. But the Heat are a big market, but we've also seen them develop uh, guys who came from out of nowhere and develop guys who were uh, late lottery picks into great players some of their most important players. We see the Celtics develop Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, sign Kemba Walker, sign Gordon Hayward, uh, get Daniel Tice out of nowhere, who is very solid, get Robert Williams late in the first round. Uh, we see the Nuggets. We see just so many teams. Teams like the Raptors have a lot of players who were drafted late. Uh, there's just uh, a big thing that was proven in this playoffs, which is the value of just being a good team who knows how to develop talent and uh, has a good infrastructure and we saw a lot of the value of coaching too because a lot of the teams that lost uh, a big reason that can be attributed to that is because the offense was way too simple and way too predictable we see that with the Clippers we see that with the Rockets and we saw that with the Bucks. those are the three main teams where the offense was so predictable that even though they had a lot of talent on those rosters uh the clippers were a team that i thought was going to win a championship this year with all the talent they had the stagnant offense we've seen really hurt them and then if you look in this we got Frank Vogel who i don't think is a, a great coach but i think he's a solid coach and then he has two of the best players in the world we see Mike Malone who i think is a phenomenal coach Eric Spoelstra a phenomenal coach uh, Brad Stevens phenomenal coach Uh, Just so many guys who were good in this playoffs had really, really talented coaches who knew how to use their guys and knew how to make a versatile offense that could keep teams on their feet, keep teams guessing. And I just think we learned a lot in this playoffs. It was a really, really interesting one. And yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because that's something that's been on my mind for a while. And I just think we saw the value of having good culture and the value of not tanking in this playoffs a ton. Moving on, I do want to talk about the Celtics' future and what's next for them this offseason. Uh, they got a lot of interesting moves to make. The Gordon Hayward contract is something that I could definitely see being moved because I think we saw in this series that the Celtics need a real starting center. Daniel Tice, the whole Daniel Tice thing was cool. He's uh, going to be a really, really nice backup center in the league for a long time to come. But I think we've seen that the Celtics, it's time to get a real center if you want to go in and go all in and try and win a championship the trade that i've seen a ton and i actually like is trading gordon hayward robert williams and maybe even one of our later picks uh maybe a couple seconds or maybe a late first round pick uh to the indiana pacers for uh for miles turner and doug mcdermott i think that trade makes sense on both sides The whole uh, Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis situation has been interesting for a while. Uh, I think it's time for them to move on and really choose their big man. And I think DeMontis Sabonis is the obvious choice with all the improvement we've seen out of him and the lack of improvement we've seen out of Miles Turner. And Gordon Hayward is such an Indiana Pacers-type player, just a really smart basketball player, super, super solid, and it would allow them to have some uh, flexibility in the future with his contract expiring somewhat soon. So I think that move would be good for both sides. The Celtics would get some more depth. And get a shooter that could come off the bench. And then Miles Turner. Even though he really hasn't hit that ceiling. That a lot of people including myself thought he had. He's still a super super solid starting center. His three point shot is really good. The Celtics could still have. Uh, they would have more of a threat on offense. Even though Daniel Tice did show flashes. Of being able to shoot. Miles Turner can really shoot. So you have five guys on the court. Basically at all times. Who can shoot the ball. Uh, and I just think that is so much more seamless. I just think it fits so much better. Uh, And then Miles Turner is a great defender, one of the best uh, defensive bigs in the whole league. And I think his value is really low right now. So you're not really gonna have to trade a bunch for him. Uh, Losing Gordon Hayward would kinda hurt after that. We gave him that huge contract and he's a guy who Brad Stevens really likes, a guy who Brad Stevens coached while uh, during his time in college. Uh, But I just think it's time to move on. I think it's time to get a center. And I really like that trade. Uh, I would also love to see the Celtics uh, just try and have a good draft. They could do a lot of different things considering how many picks they have. I'm pretty sure they have three first-round picks. Uh, None of those are very high, but they could either try and move those picks to go up in the draft. They could move them for a player, or they could just draft three more young uh, guys and hope that one of them or two of them does well. Uh, I'd be interested to see who they do draft. I would like to see them draft a backup point guard probably. Uh, get some more playmaking Uh, another shooter off the bench would be nice there's a ton of guys that they can go to let me just go to my uh big board real quick to see maybe some guys that they could go after because this draft while it's not very top heavy at all uh has a ton of guys who are super interesting and I think that could be really really nice uh for the Celtics you got guys like Sadiq Bey I don't expect him slipping to any of the Celtics picks but oh my god I would be so happy if he did Uh, you got guys like Desmond Bain who's a phenomenal shooter really good defender Uh, they could definitely go after him you got guys like uh, Tyrese Maxey that maybe could be uh, a a nice guard for them off the bench there's just so many guys in this draft Uh, you got Patrick Williams who is a guy who I think can be a Paul Millsap type player I think he'd be really good for the Celtics you got some backup center uh, backup center that I really like is Daniel Otoro. I think Daniel Otoro is super, super talented. Uh, I think he'd be a great pick for the Celtics because he's a player who has shown the ability to shoot the ball. and uh, He also is one of those players that springs energy off the bench. Uh, uh, very much like a Taj Gibson type of player, so I think that'd be a nice pick for them. If they could get their hands on Tyrell Terry, oh my god, I'd be so happy about that because I think Ty- Tyler Tyler uh, Tyrell Terry is really, really good. So, yeah, uh, the Celtics can definitely go in a lot of different directions during this draft. I'm excited to bring you guys all my draft content. I've worked super hard on it, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Uh, but, yeah, the Celtics can go in a lot of different directions. But I just think the main thing is getting that center and then just getting more depth because the depth is something that I actually think is a little overrated in the playoffs, just my personal opinion. Uh, but,. It's something that you still need, especially when your guys are getting in foul trouble like the Celtics guys uh, happen to do quite a lot. You need uh, guys who can step up off the bench, and they just simply really didn't have that uh, this year at all. They had guys like Brad Wanamaker, guys like Semi Ogilvy playing big minutes, and I just simply think that can't happen anymore. So they got a lot of big decisions to make this offseason, but they do have the main guys – uh, on the roster, under contract. Jason Tatum will get a max extension this year, 100%. That's just super obvious. And as long as they have a good draft, have a good offseason, the Celtics will be right back at contention. There's nothing to worry about here. And, yeah, a good season from the Celtics, but they definitely have moves they need to make. And I think they could make a championship run next season. Uh, I just believe in their talent a lot. Lastly, I do want to talk about NFL Week 3 and some big... Uh, Some of my biggest takeaways from that. We already talked about Dolphins versus Jaguars. So next, I want to talk about Bears versus Falcons. Now, this was a very interesting one. The Falcons blew another huge lead. The Falcons, uh, Dan Quinn, it's time for him to go. Simply enough, they're 0-3. They blew another big lead. Again, it's time for Dan Quinn to go. Uh, They were up big in the fourth quarter and just absolutely blew this game. Completely, a uh, complete fall apart from them. They uh, got scored 20 unanswered points by the Bears, who are 3-0 and and have looked very, very solid to start the year so far. But, yeah, it's time for Dan Quinn to go. Uh, it's time we talk about Matt Ryan, too. Matt Ryan just didn't look good. I mean, he looked fine, but 50% completion, 238 yards. He had an interception uh, and was just a big reason why they – Uh, lost because he didn't do anything in the fourth quarter and just wasn't there when they needed him he uh, completely just didn't show up Uh, the running game did look good with Todd Gurley and Brian Hill both having very very good games and Calvin Ridley uh, continues to be amazing for the Falcons he's had a really good season so far this uh, year and then Julio Jones was uh, injured but still gotta be better simply enough You can't blow this many big leads. Dan Quinn just doesn't know how to manage the clock at all. And uh, Matt Ryan can't hold the lead at all either. And then on the Bears side, I mean, Nick Foles came in for them after Mitchell Trubisky really didn't look too good. Uh, He did have that big 45-yard run. But Nick Foles, uh, he is definitely going to be the quarterback of the future. Uh, Well, of the near future, at least, for the Bears going forward. He looked so good in the time he played, 188 yards, three touchdowns. He did have an interception, but, I mean, he was the massive reason why they came back and scored 20 unanswered points, and I think the Bears can actually be pretty good this year because they've looked solid so far. The running game has looked decent, uh, and the defense has looked solid. Um, Now that they have a quarterback who showed a lot of nice things, uh, I think they can be good going uh, into the rest of the year. Allen Robinson is an absolute beast who's having a great year. Jimmy Graham had a good game. Uh, Tariq Cohen did have an injury, and that'll be uh, big for them to see what happens with that because he's a very, very solid player. Uh, but overall, I mean, an impressive impressive performance from the Bears to come back, uh, show that resilience, and yeah. Uh, the Falcons need to figure out something because they were 0-3, and they should be at least 2-1. Uh, the first game, I don't really remember, but I'm pretty sure they just kind of lost. It just wasn't really uh, that close of a game. But they had two games in a row where they blew big leads, and it's just unacceptable. And But shout-out to the Bears, though. They've looked good. Uh, they look like they can potentially make the playoffs. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Rams versus Bills. Now, this was one of the games I was most excited about because the Rams have looked great to start the season so far. They've def- definitely outperformed my expectations as someone who is not a big Jared Goff guy at all. I just wasn't a big believer in him. But the Rams have looked great to start this season. They almost came back as the Bills were up 28-3 to 3 one point. But the Rams stayed in it. They were super resilient. They n- never went away and just came back. Uh, Jared Goff, really nice performance 321 yards, two touchdowns, did have an interception. uh, But the running game looked good. Daryl Henderson has looked really good uh, for the season. Overall, they just have uh, multiple guys who've been running, and the system that they're using is working. Uh, Cooper Cup is a beast. Robert Woods is a beast. Uh, Jared Goff has plenty of weapons, and he's actually using them to his full potential this year. He has good tight ends. He basically has everything, especially with how the running game's been. The defense has looked pretty good this season. I mean, they've just outperformed my expectations by a lot. They obviously have a ton of talent, but I just didn't know if that would be something that translated to actual wins this season. But Aaron Donald has started off the season great. Jalen Ramsey has looked great. Just overall, really impressed by the Rams so far. Would have liked them to start off much better, but they did have the huge comeback, and it was impressive that they even stayed in the game when they were down so much. But Josh Allen, man, continues to tear up the league. 311 yards and four touchdowns. He's second in the MVP race for me, probably. Second or third. Uh, Him and Aaron Rodgers are up there for sure. But he's just been insane to start the season. And the Bills are real. Uh, The Bills and the Patriots, I think, are incredibly close. I think that battle between those two for the AFC East is going to be so exciting to watch. I think whoever wins the matchup between those two are going to... Is going to win the AFCs, but I think both of them are going to make the playoffs as these teams have both looked great to start of the season. It's really fun to watch the Bills. They're so exciting with Josh Allen uh, and Stefan Diggs, even when he doesn't have a huge game, like he's still he's still at around 50 yards and a touchdown, but even when he doesn't have a huge game, you can just see the impact because the defenses have to be worried at all times that he's going to take the top off the defense because he's so talented. So, just a uh, really, really big weapon. For Josh Allen and his improvement has been so impressive as he's just not he's simply just not missing a lot of the balls he was previously his footwork is way better his mechanics are way better and he obviously has a natural talent with him having one of the biggest arms in the whole league so shout out to Josh Allen and shout out to the defense too this defense is really good but I was also super impressed by the Rams both of these teams have looked great to start the season and yeah shout out to them uh, next, we got Titans versus Vikings. Now, this was an interesting one. Uh, I was super interested to see if the Vikings would bounce back after having a super disappointing start to the season, and they definitely did. Kirk Cousins, though he still had two interceptions, definitely looked better this game. 251 yards, three touchdowns. And then Dalvin Cook was just running all over this team. 181 yards and a touchdown. He was insane this game. He was in the passing game, too. He got uh, two Receptions for 18 yards. He was just everywhere uh, for this team. Almost 200 all purpose yards. A crazy game from him. Uh, Justin Jefferson, the rookie, an insane performance from him. He had the 71 yard touchdown from Kirk Cousins, which was a great ball. Uh, and overall, seven receptions, 175 yards, and a touchdown again. A crazy performance from him. He played so well this game. Uh, and the Vikings, though they lost and they're 0 3. Uh, looked so much better the defense still isn't great as their cornerback position is kind of non-existent uh, but the offense it just looked a lot better and yeah I was impressed by how they performed this game for sure against a good Titans team as we can see with them being 3-0 and uh, I think uh, something that I've been thinking about and something that I saw on Twitter that really uh, piqued my interest was who is the be- Who is the third best team in the AFC East? We got the Chiefs, and we got the Ravens as the top two for sure. But who is the third best? Is it the Titans? Is it the Steelers? Is it the Patriots? Or is it the Bills? I think all four of those you can make a very good argument. And this isn't really something I'm going to have a strong opinion on, but it's just something that I'd like to pose as a question because I think it's super interesting as the Titans have looked really good. I mean, their game plan with having Derrick Henry just run down teams' throats is something that will continue to work. And then Ryan Tannehill, his stats aren't crazy really ever, but he's always just very smart with everything they do. Uh, He's a player who really just takes advantage of all his opportunities and isn't going to throw some super dumb interception, even if he throws an interception. Uh, It's not like some players, like Baker Mayfield... A lot of the times, they'll just make a dumb play. Ryan Tannehill is a very smart player who just relies on his running game, and I'm completely fine with that because the system they have is effective. Derrick Henry is a beast. 119 yards, two touchdowns this game. Uh, And then they have a lot of nice weapons who can do pretty well in the passing game. Uh, Khalif Raymond had a crazy game, three receptions for 118 yards. Corey Davis has uh, had a pretty solid season. They just have a lot of nice uh, things going for them. Ryan Tannehill did have two fumbles. They didn't uh, lose any of those, but definitely got to see him be better on that end. But their defense is really good, too. Uh, They've impressed me a lot so far to start the season. And, yeah, shout-out to the Titans. Uh, A good start for them so far. Uh, Steven Gyskowski stepped up huge for them after having that week where he missed a ton of field goals, even though he did hit the the one that mattered. He was 6-for-6 this game and uh, they really just couldn't get into touchdown area a lot of the times, Uh, but they did get into field goal range a lot, and Steven Guskowski was super efficient with all those and was a big reason why they won this game. Uh, Just a really fun game where uh, it looked like two very evenly matched teams, and the Vikings looked so much better uh, than they previously did next i do want to talk about raiders versus patriots because obviously as a patriots fan i got to talk about every one of their games and the raiders actually continue to look pretty good the patriots did start off slow uh and they did end up winning this game but the raiders didn't look uh terrible or anything i mean josh jacobs is such a beast 71 yards this game wasn't a crazy performance but he's just so talented uh one of the best running backs in the league already and then Derek Carr is actually having a very good season so far He was 24 for 32, 261 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Just a nice, efficient performance from him. Uh, We definitely saw their tight end, Darren Waller, get shut down this game after he had a huge, huge start to the season. Uh, The Patriots definitely seemed to game plan for him. We saw a lot of Stephon Diggs on him. Uh, We just saw uh, a bunch of different guys get thrown at him. And them do really anything to stop him. As his athleticism has been a huge problem for basically every team they face so far. But the Patriots did a really, really good job of defending him. Uh, The biggest issue, though, for the Raiders was the fumbles. Their car had two and Josh Jacobs had one. They didn't recover a single one of those. And that was just pivotal in them losing this game. Because you're losing opportunities to uh, have scoring chances. And that was a big, big issue for them for sure. Cam Newton had a cool game. I mean, 162 yards and a touchdown. He had 27 on the ground. Wasn't anything special. He did have an interception, too. Uh, definitely his worst week so far. They relied on the running game a lot, and I'm completely fine with that because the running game actually looked really good. Sony Michelle finally had a good game after looking so flat to start the season and looking really bad. He hit, broke off for a huge run, had nine carries, 117 yards. Rex Burkhead had the game of his life uh, six carries, 49 yards, and two touchdowns. He also had 49 yards receiving and a touchdown. Like, he was crazy this game. Uh, And then J.J. Taylor, uh, 43 yards. They just have uh, a bunch of different guys who can run the ball. And their system works so well. Bill Belichick has coached coached his ass off this season. He's doing a great job so far. And then, I mean, Nikhil Harry uh, has looked pretty good to start the season so far. I've been impressed with what I've seen from him. Uh, But overall, we definitely relied way more on the running game, Uh, especially when they were fumbling the ball. We tried to control possession, keep the lead. And that's what we did. Uh, I'd like to see Cam Newton be better, uh, but you can't be mad at all with the performance that we had beating a Raiders team who has looked really good to start the season. So the defense looked good. The offense, the running game was really impressive. So yeah, shout out to the Patriots. Another nice performance from them. They've looked really, really good to start the season. Uh, Next, I want to talk about uh, Bengals versus Eagles. Now we had a tie on this one, which, oh my God, the Eagles suck i am not afraid to say it at all the eagles suck uh joe burrow looks has looked way better than carson wentz this season in his first season and carson wentz is a player who i thought was an elite quarterback one of the best quarterbacks in the whole league he's looked terrible to start the season 29 for 47 225 yards one touchdown two interceptions he's had more interceptions than touchdowns by a reasonable bit to start the season. I mean, he ran the ball pretty well this game, nine carries for 65 yards. And uh, Miles Sanders definitely ran the ball well, getting 95 yards. I think they're going to have to rely on the running game more as we go into the future because Miles Sanders is a beast. And Carson Wentz just hasn't looked good to start the season at all. Uh, Really, really disappointing so far. And he's just limited this offense a ton. I've been incredibly disappointed by him. Uh, The defense actually did look pretty good this game for them, though. They were getting after the quarterback a lot. They got a lot of pressure uh, on Joe Burrow and made it difficult for him. Uh, They had, let me count, four. uh, They had a lot of sacks. Man, five. They had seven sacks. Like They were really, really getting out of the... After the quarterback, there an impressive performance from them, and then Joe Burrow looked pretty solid. Uh, he's looked so great to start the season so far, even though even though they're o two and one, this team just simply isn't that good. But uh, thirty one uh, out of forty four, three hundred twelve yards and two touchdowns. Uh, we saw that play. Well, I don't know if you guys have seen that play, but he like evaded pressure, like spun out of the way, and just threw. Uh, first down the coaching staff was even yelling at him to throw it away but he kept the play alive his mobility uh is really impressive because he's not the fastest player he's not like Lamar Jackson where Lamar Jackson's gonna run all over you but he's a player who's just really good at evading pressure and uh just finding a way to make a big play out of it so yeah shout out to Joe Burrow he's looked so good to start the season some of their weapons have looked pretty solid T Higgins had two touchdowns nice to see the rookie do well uh, Tyler Boyd had a massive game, 10 receptions, 125 yards, and, I mean, uh, this team isn't that good, but I uh, they still hung in with the Eagles and t- uh, had a tie game, so, I mean, you can't really be mad. No one had, uh, basically, literally any expectations for the Bengals, and it's just nice to see Joe Burrow play, honestly. I love watching Joe Burrow play so much. Because he's just so uh, mechanical with everything he does. Like, you can tell that he practiced everything he does so much because it just comes so easy to him. And it's so impressive to see just how quickly he's transitioned into the NFL and how well uh, well he's looked so far. So, shout out to Joe Burrow. Carson Wentz, gotta be better. Uh, Just so, so disappointed by him so far because I was a guy who really believed in him and thought he was great but he's disappointed me a ton. And then uh, next, I want to talk about Texans versus Steelers. Steelers have looked really good to start the season. Uh, And then, I mean, the Texans uh, just didn't do anything in the second half at all. They had all 21 of their points in the first half. Uh, Deshaun Watson just doesn't have help. The running game was nothing. This game, 13 carries for 23 yards from David Johnson. Uh, And then the receivers, I mean, he has decent receivers, but it's just nothing special. Uh, Randall Cobb and Will Fuller both had good games. Each of them had a touchdown. And, I mean, Deshaun Watson had a cool game. Uh, 264 yards, two touchdowns, did have an interception. But, overall, I'm just disappointed by the Texans. They just haven't looked good. Uh, Without uh, DeAndre Hopkins, that's a huge weapon that Deshaun Watson just doesn't have anymore. And then their defense really isn't that impressive either. So, overall, it's been really disappointed by the Texans. They haven't looked good. And then the Steelers have. uh, We all expected that defense to be good after a big uh, season from them last year. It was more the offense that I was interested to see. I know they had the talent because Big Ben is uh, obviously a great quarterback, but I was interested to see how he'd come back after the elbow injury, and he's came back like he never left. Uh, Has looked really good to start the season. Had 237 yards and two touchdowns. The running game, James Conner is a very, very solid running back. And overall, again, they have just looked really good. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has looked way better with a natural quarterback to throw to him. Eric Ebron had a good game, five receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. And then again, that defense is deadly. They have so many playmakers on that side with TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick. Uh, They just have a lot of really nice players on that end. And then they're coached really well, so uh, you just got to show love to the Steelers. They're one of those teams, like I was talking about, that is in very solid contention to be the third-best team in the AFC Uh, and I wouldn't be mad at all if anyone picked them for that because they've looked really good. Uh, I'm not going to talk about this game, but the the Jets are absolutely terrible. By far the worst team in the NFL. Uh, They just suck, simply enough. Uh, Nothing really else to say. That uh, whole organization is an absolute dumpster fire and a mess. Uh, Next, I do want to talk about uh, Lions versus Cardinals. This one surprised me a lot. The Lions did look pretty solid with Matthew Stafford having a good game of 270 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, the running game was fine, nothing crazy, and uh, the receiving. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson had a good game. Kenny Galladay had a good game. Marvin Jones had a good game. Uh, overall, their offense played pretty defense. Uh, their offense played pretty solid, but it was really a defense that impressed me. They got three interceptions, nearly four. Uh, Kyler Murray had a really bad game, but you also got to credit how the defense played. And again, they just surprised me because I uh, was so confident that the Cardinals were going to win the game after how good they looked uh, for the first two weeks. But Kyler Murray had a terrible game. I mean, he still did have uh, two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, but three interceptions, nearly four, an interception was dropped. He just looked really, really bad this game. Uh, Was making a ton of mistakes and just didn't look like the Kyler we've seen the first... Uh, The first two weeks where he looked like an MVP candidate. But I think this will be more the outlier uh, than the normal. Because Kyler Murray is so talented. He was the number one pick for a reason. He had a great season last year, and I expect him to bounce back next week and have another good week. Uh, So I'm not worried at all, really, about the Cardinals. Uh, Kenyon Drake had a good game, and then DeAndre Hopkins continues to be just a problem for anyone who's trying to face him. Uh, 137 yards, 10 receptions. Like, he's been crazy for the Cardinals. He's been so, so good. But they just definitely underperformed this game. And I got to see Kyler Murray be better uh, because we're gonna start holding him to higher standards. Uh, We've seen I've seen people have arguments about him being like one of the ten to fifteen best players in football, and if he wants to be in that range, he's just got to be better. Uh, We got two more games to talk about. First, with Cowboys and Seahawks. This was a pretty fun game, uh, really close throughout. And again, Russell Wilson is my MVP and should be everyone's MVP to start the season He has the most passing touchdowns ever for the for uh through the first three games with 14 he had 315 yards five touchdowns uh the running game has looked good as long as Chris Carson is healthy the running game will be good because he's a really talented player DK Metcalf even though he did have that huge huge mistake where he started celebrating early and then he uh fumbled out of the back of the end zone which gives the Cowboys the ball that was a huge blunder from him Uh, But overall, he still had a great game with four receptions, 110 yards, and one touchdown. You just got to see him be smarter because that was an idiotic play. Uh, But Tyler Lockett has tore apart every defense he faced, nine receptions, 100 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, I think it's time we need to stop underrating Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is so, so good, uh, and he is just proving that, putting that on all display this year. He's looked so good. And it definitely helps that Russell Wilson is quarterback, but Tyler Lock is also getting the separation that Russell Wilson needs. And then it's all about Russell Wilson just delivering the ball, which you expect him to almost every time, as he his passing is just so insane. He makes throws that basically him, Russell Wilson, uh, him, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers can only make. They're such special talents with their arms. And then obviously he can run the ball too, as he's one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league. And he does a great job of evading pressure, uh, even though they have a bad uh, bad offensive line. And then the defense has looked pretty decent for them, too. I mean, the Seahawks are a team you need to worry about. Uh, Any team that has potential of facing them in the playoffs, I'd be very, very scared. Because Russell Wilson is not messing around. I think he's going to be the MVP this season, and he's just looked great. The running game has looked good. So as long as they can stay healthy, which is a big if... With how the NFL season is going, uh, they can definitely be very, very much in Super Bowl contention. I would not be surprised to see them uh, uh, to see them in there because I don't think the 49ers are legit this year just because of the injuries they're dealing with. It's something that's super out of their control uh, with Nick Bosa going down, with Solomon Thomas going down. They've just uh, had a rough, rough first couple weeks for sure. They may not even make the playoffs with how the Cardinals are playing, even though, again, they had a disappointing performance. Uh, but the Seahawks are just so great. And the Cowboys actually have looked decent to start of the season. Dak did have that huge interception at the end of the game. Uh, and, I mean, his stats look r- really, really good overall with 472 yards and three touchdowns. But the two interceptions hurt. And you just can't throw that interception in such a big moment uh, right there. Uh, But his weapons that he definitely got built up for him, they gave him a ton of weapons, and he is using those for sure. Michael Gallup, six receptions, 138 yards and a touchdown. Sed Wilson came out of nowhere with a crazy game, 107 yards and two touchdowns. Amari Cooper, 86 yards. Uh, C.D. Lamb has looked really good in his rookie season. He had 65 this game. Definitely got to see uh, Ezekiel Elliott play better, too. He had 14 carries for only 34 yards. Uh, But... The Cowboys have looked cool at the start of the season. They definitely look like they're going to win the division, which isn't an accomplishment at all because you could have like six games and win that division. The football team is at the top of the division right now, uh, being one and two. But I have been impressed with what I've seen from the Cowboys. I will give them some credit. Uh, last game I want to talk about is the Packers versus Saints. The Packers have looked great at the start of the season. Aaron Rodgers is putting on an MVP campaign is firmly probably in my second place right now him or josh allen for sure i uh, had 283 yards and three touchdowns aaron jones has had a great start to the season too and his offense has just looked so dynamic he had 69 yards and a touchdown uh he doesn't even have that great of receivers aaron Rodgers, but he just uh, finds a way to make it work uh even with their best receiver Devonte adams not being in this game uh, they still be a really, really solid Saints team. Uh, Alan Lazard had a crazy game with 146 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Robert Tonyan had 50 yards and a touchdown. Like, he's just throwing to nobody's, but he's making it work because he has had an, an insane season. I'm someone who's been highly critical of Aaron Rodgers, but when he's playing this well, you just got to give him all the credit in the world. Uh, and you got to admit when you're wrong sometimes. I thought he took a big step back. Uh, Last season, I didn't know if he was going to be the same this season. Uh, But the Packers have looked great, and he's been really impressive. Drew Brees, I mean, uh, the short game with him has been really good this year. 288 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, But my biggest issue with Drew Brees is he really just can't extend the field. His arm strength has seemed to absolutely fall off a cliff. It was already declining, but it's really stood out as, like, something to worry about this season with Him just not being able to throw the ball like he used to. Uh, His stats still look good. And without Michael Thomas, uh, this offense just isn't as dynamic. But Alvin Kamara still is having a crazy season so far. He's proving why he's worth every single penny of that extension. He had uh, six carries for 58 yards. And then what he was crazy in was the receiving game. 13 receptions, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, He was just making a ton of plays after the catch. And he was really good this game. Emmanuel Sanders had a good game, uh, but overall, their defense didn't look good. Uh, they got pretty much tore apart by the Green Bay Packers and their offense. And then Drew Brees, even though his stats look good, I just don't believe in him really anymore, just because of the issues he has with his arm strength. But I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. Uh, hopefully, we'll have another episode out on. Uh, probably Friday, to be honest, maybe Wednesday, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure, but we'll uh, have some uh, finals games to talk about, as the first finals game is on Wednesday, Uh, and then we'll have uh, some more NFL to talk about, I'll probably do a power ranking of uh, every single team, I'm just waiting after to do that, because we already had a super long episode here, and then we got KC in Baltimore tonight, which will be a super fun game, so I'm excited to talk about that. I hope you guys really did enjoy, and yeah, it's been Michael. Peace out.